that's I was just saying that so far the early shots and information coming out looks like uh, Bernie's doing well. And one of the things that we've talked about here consistently uh, leading up to this process was how Bernie's ground game was going to be crucial. And it looks like it's manifesting in maintaining and keeping viability virtually in every caucus that site that we've seen, whereas uh, the other front runners, Biden, uh, Buttigieg and Warren, uh, I've seen caucuses where all of them were either uh, un- or not viable or just right at the edge of being viable. And so well, I, for one, am shocked that Biden's strategy of going around Iowa and, and like literally fat shaming every voter did not uh, pan out to be a good one. That that's a you know, that 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 surprises me. You know, his don't forget, in addition to not fat shaming, he was also challenging people to push up contests and telling them actually to go vote for Donald Trump or someone else especially immigration activists. Well, I mean, look, honestly, I think it's good that we have a little bit of, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Sundere representation in the fucking, you know, uh, primaries. It's good that Biden is trying to either neg people into voting for him or like pretend as though he's not interested in their votes at all. Like it's a- I mean, he really should be down there grabbing them all by their coats and yanking them into his corner if he really wants to carry that strategy (laughs) into the actual caucus or poking them in the chest until they move into his corner. Honestly, exactly. I, I I think we can admit on this show where you know we're harsh on Biden, Biden, but no one just goes absolute ape shit on a potential voter the way Joe Biden does. Like no one just goes like absolutely buck wild on just like the everyday average Iowan uh, asking a basic question like my man Joe Biden. He he loves fucking just like wiling out on them like i know you know honestly you know if this weren't like an election i'd say go ahead but yeah the whole trying to get them to vote for you part is uh, an important aspect that he seems to not be really emphasizing in his campaign and that you know go ahead well, I, don't, I mean, I think that some people I've heard people say like that, that kind of aggressive, like, uh, you know, bully Joe behavior, it, like it plays well with a certain kind of voter. But I remember them saying that shit about Chris Christie, too, and like Giuliani, you know, back when they wanted to be America's mayors before Mike Bloomberg. Uh, decided to do that shit. Uh, like I remember them, like like them thinking that that kind of behavior played like broadly to Americans. And I don't really see that being the case. I don't know if you're, you know, Iowans generally like being like fucking accosted by a doddering old man. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but it does. I mean, there's a surprising amount of uh, Biden support in uh, particular caucuses, and I guess not so surprising among uh, the people that are viewing what are these satellite caucuses this year, which are caucuses outside of the state of Iowa. And there were some inside of the state for people with various circumstances. But uh, essentially, the he did pretty well, I think, so far in Florida. So is uh, Klobuchar as well. And uh, Buttigieg all did well among affluent uh, older voters. And th- that was particularly noticeable in those satellite caucuses, which were predominantly people over 65 uh, that could afford to uh, have homes or fly or live temporarily in Florida as well, or somewhere else. Arizona was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Klobuchar is big in Shady Pines retirement home. I, I will, uh, I, fr- I will freely admit that I, I think that this entire system is fucking stupid. I'm not even really sure how caucusing works yet. Like, I mean, I kind of got the basics of it, but like, I feel as though the entire system, like the primary system generally is stupid, but like the caucus system seems even dumber. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's complicated. It's kind of complicated and it 
the people that are there often don't really fully understand what's hap- happening around them and just kind of like the standing in the general area is as far as most people get engaged in the caucus. And then there's some people on the peripheries that do much more of the uh, like engagement act uh, side of the caucusing. But uh, the basics of the caucus is you go in there with a preference and you can like uh, you congregate with the people that also have that preference. And in Iowa this year, particularly if, if you meet the threat, the viability threshold, you're locked into that candidate. And before you were able to move even after the first alignment, but, uh, and then there's a time for a second alignment where all the people that didn't come with somebody that they had in mind or their candidate was found to be non-viable, uh, are able to be either recruited into the various, uh, camps or, uh, they can stay with the, their candidate and their vote kind of, uh, fizzles out and essentially no delegates are awarded to their candidate and, and where that as they could have uh, all formed into one around one candidate to bring them into viability or went to one of the candidates that had that was close to viability. And what that basically boils down to is a similar electoral college system type thing where state delegates are elected and awarded. And that's what the final count will be. And there's going to be uh, a lot of spin coming out about which count matters and all that kind of stuff. But essentially, it's going to be about the delegate. And what is the viability threshold in this? What, 15 percent? 15%. And so uh, depending on how many people are there, if there's only, you know, 10 people there, then that 15% threshold is somewhat low and uh, several candidates may end up meeting it. And then uh, whereas when there's a, a larger number of people, like a thousand, there may be several candidates with 40, 50 or more supporters, but are well beneath the viability threshold. And so where they, their second choice, who they choose as their second choice uh, becomes rather significant. And so far in co- corporate coverage, we've seen a variety of kind of thought patterns uh, existing among caucus goers. And so it was very, the polling and the predictive nature of where people would fall has been kind of all over the place. But essentially, it seems that uh, a lot of the the more cons- the wings of the party are essentially what we think we would we'd have. You know, there's the Warren Sanders wing and then all the other kind of establishment candidates uh, when their candidates don't meet viability. They, they tend to stick together. But Sanders also poaches some from all of the camps that have failed to meet viability as far as I've seen. Yeah, and it, one of the coolest things I saw was uh, someone posted how Ro Khanna convinced almost every single Pete uh, Buttigieg supporter in a, in a caucus where he did not meet the viability threshold to go to Bernie within three minutes. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of factors at play uh, in how people convince, but uh, one of the things that uh, that kind of showed and uh, a lot of other uh, or several other instances showed that is getting to the people that are undecided first and welcoming them into your group is actually remarkably effective. The people that are undecided at this point uh, are kind of looking to go with the winning side. And so like presenting yourself in that way uh, helps in Sanders' performance and viability uh, across many of the caucuses has been shown to, I think, be strongly in his favor in that uh, he's been able to meet the viability threshold in virtually all the caucuses, whereas uh, the other frontrunners, as I mentioned, haven't. Well, I mean, I, that's great. That's a good primer for the Iowa caucus. And I'm excited. I'm actually, I've been excited all day, not necessarily uh, solely because of the Iowa caucus, also because I take pretty high grade stimulants. Uh, but also, I mean, you know, let's not lie. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's funny because, like, I think the primary system is bullshit. 
And it, when mm-hmm. the re- and the results would seem to be that Bernie Sanders is going to win, you know, if this comes out and he loses, it's going <laughs> to boil my face be red, right? But I guess so will you know the planet because we'll be it'll be on fire. But it doesn't make a difference, right? So, but like it, it's funny watching the people who spent the past I don't know six months touting that. Iowa was the end all be all. Like, you know, Sanders was going to like drop out after he gets fifth place in Iowa. Like, now Iowa does not matter to it. Like, you know, like, the articles are coming out already. Iowa doesn't matter. You know, like, really, you know, Iowa, this entire, the caucus system itself, it really lends itself to uh, Sanders type supporters who are, go- who are there to bully people, right? You know, it's, it, it's going to be. Yeah, but then he's going to blow them out in New Hampshire, which is a primary. And so they're trying to craft some sort of narrative that basically means South Carolina is all that matters. The other three don't. And uh, this is it, actually, you know, it's really Super Tuesday that we need to focus. And it, it's the narrative that they've been trying to work with is falling apart so rapidly. It's been kind of amusing to watch and cathartic, really, just to see how how rapidly and like how how I guess disheveled it's it's causing people to be in response to what uh, a lot of us uh, like those of us on the left or whatever saw coming far far and away they really convinced themselves that this wasn't going to happen 